Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. And like Dennis says at the beginning of the show, if you'd like to participate in Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it. We have over 125 of you who financially support this show. And that's the biggest reason why you don't hear any commercials. And that's uh, that's just like a beautiful thing. So no, we're a commercial free show. Thanks to the beautiful people over at Patreon. And uh, for as little as $10.80 per year, you get 52 after shows. And the Work For It feed also includes, uh, this comes as just standard for free, but Brian Cohn does his WFI2 or WFII and his uh, interviews with uh, uh, makers throughout the community. And that's an awesome added bonus value that Brian provides to the community. We appreciate you listening. And also, we have two sponsors, BakerForge.com. Koi and the boys have a drop coming this Saturday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday where it drops uh, on Saturday at 8 p.m., they have a very special steal that they've been working on. So make sure you go over to BakerForge.com and get your billet. You'll be surprised at how affordable you can actually buy a billet from those guys. And if you take a look at their social media, you'll see very quickly that they know what they're doing and they have invested tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in the process, uh, tooling and processing of this steal. And it's a super special deal. Now, if you use the code WFI10, you'll get 10% off your purchase. So if you buy a bill for 100 bucks, it turns out to be 90. So that's a pretty great deal. And then when you go to finish that knife, make sure you check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Lawrence over there is a mad man realtor. A realtor. Realtor? <laughs> Not a realtor. <laughs> Retailer. And he makes, uh, he has the best gear in the knife making community. So if you're looking for that special piece of handle material, you're looking for a tool like an abrasive, any of that stuff, you can go to Baker, or Baker Floyd. God damn it. I don't even know where, the, where my head <laughs> Maritime is. MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca or uh, .com, actually. He's in Canada, so you can get the Canadian to uh, USD exchange rate, and he ships every day to the United States. Great guy to work with. We buy from him every couple of weeks we buy there's particular things that we buy for our shop that we use all the time he is an awesome guy to work with so make sure you go check out maritime night supply and brian i think it's showtime what do you think let's do it let's do it baby work for it yes i'm feeling it today brian i'm feeling good man just the boys just me and you today but ben's off taking care of his kids you know there's there's Poor Ben, he's he's got to be uh, Doctor Dad over there. He's got to go yeah. take care of some stuff, but we'll miss. Yeah, him. I had the shits yesterday, like oh, really geez. bad, man, bad, like <laughs> well, seriously. Sounds like you need to terrible. talk to Ben about it because he knows all I about know. it. Oh, I was actually boy. thinking about him while I was spraying the toilet. It was just like a. Uh, have you ever peed out of your butt? Oh. You know what that feels like. Why in the hell are we talking about that on this podcast? <laughs> Come on, man. We can do better. Right, we can do right better. at the top of the show. We Jesus. can do better, but alas, we will not do that. <laughs> I, here's the thing. So Dexter's birthday was Monday, and we went to a hibachi restaurant, which turned out to be just, it was Uh-oh. good food, great service, but there was a few awkward things that were happening during oh, this, yeah? this thing. Oh, yeah. Well, tell and, me all about it, man. What, what was oh, so you awkward hear about hibachi? Let me hear, you gotta hear this story. So, you know hibachi, right? They cook yeah. it in front of you, and you sit around a table with a bunch of other people that you don't really know, and whatever else. Mm, okay. And I don't want to be a huge pain in the ass. This is the reason I got the shits, is because, yeah, I have celiac disease, and I can't eat things that have gluten in them, and I didn't want to be a huge pain in the ass and have them like have to separate all the food on the griddle mm and all that shit. So I did my best to kind of stay away from some stuff, but I know that I consumed some things that made me sick. Yeah. Not a big deal. It, you know, I feel ill for a couple of days and I'm fine. 
But during during this period, while you're in there, there's like, if you can imagine, it's like a big room with a bunch of these different open tables where there's like in the middle, there's a hot plate where this dude is like a hot, big, hot grill that this guy's cooking on. A big hot dude? What? What are you saying? A big hot dude. Yeah. Like big, these big, like Japanese guys, you know, they're cooking away and doing their thing. Sorry, go ahead. I see where you're going with this, but that's very funny. But it, these guys are so if you like on the other side of the room, you'd hear Saki, 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 Saki. Right. And then okay. you would look over and there was a guy with a, a bottle like a squeezy bottle that was shaped like a little boy. What? <laughs> and there when he squeezes the bottle. Saki comes out of the crotch area oh of the little God. boy and he's what? spraying it into the mouths of the people who are sitting around the table. And this is where you chose to bring your, your Bro, uh, family. I didn't know this was going to happen. Like, and no joke, there's like little kids in here. Like, it's like, you know, like, and there's kids at our table, right? And it's like, well, who thought this is a good idea? And, like, there's, like, people, like, creepily watching other people get sake sprayed into their mouths. I was just like, I can't, I don't even know how this is a thing. And maybe it's a thing, and and I'm not saying Japanese culture is a thing, but I'm just saying maybe it's, like, a hibachi thing, like a joke. I get it. You can do jokes like this, and it'll be funny. But at the same time, it just felt very awkward. And also, I've seen that before, but normally they just use a normal, like, squirt bottle. Like, you would see, like... Mustard, this ketchup, place. sake, you know? They had those, too, and some of those were being used, but there was a handful of these chefs that had these little boys. I should have taken a video. I, it would have gone viral on TikTok if I would have posted it. People would have been like, what the fuck is this? And the place I mean, would have been closed. <laughs> yeah, So, and, and it wasn't like they're doing it to be creepy. It didn't no. feel that way. It just, like, it really made me feel like that's just, that's borderline. It was funny, but also very creepy at the same time. So, so did anyways. you line up to get the get the little boy sake situation? Fuck no. Hell no. <laughs> the guy tried it, and I was like, mm, no. I gave him the, like, you know, the, the hand over the throat thing. You know, I was like, nope, 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 nope. nope. Not me. Not me. I'm not yes. into that. Oh boy. Yeah, but other so. other than that super creepy aspect, I mean, it was it was Dexter's birthday. Anything yeah, else fun happened? Awesome. Yeah, no, we, we celebrated a couple times over the weekend. You know, my parents came over and we ordered food out. We had a great time with them. And then Monday was his actual birthday. So we took him to mm-hmm. Hibachi and the food was excellent, by the way. The, the place that we ate at was, I mean, excellent. Top, top quality food. It just the, the, that was really awkward. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe there's other restaurants that do this and I just don't know because I'm not cultured enough and whatever, but that's, that's it. But yeah, Amen. so Dexter turned 17 years old. If you can believe that 17 wow. years ago, he was uh, just this little baby, little baby boy. And, so uh, did he get anything yeah. fun for, because 16 normally, you know, that's where he either gets a car or has the ability to go get a car. Yeah. Yeah. Did, we gave did, him a car last year. Yeah. So this, was there any any sort of big like last year you you gave him a car so this year you know you gotta did you try to one up that or did you kind of hone it back a little no. bit no no yeah no we he I actually got him a knife this year I got him like a, just a simple CRKT folding knife that uh, I bought one for myself and one for him and uh, he loved it and then I gave him some money so uh, you know nice. he's. He's ta- he's been talking about, you know, wanting to change out his car. And the agreement was is that the car we gave him was like my old shop car. Sure. And it was it's like a Kia Soul and you know, he's he was like that's not the car I wanted and I'm like, "Hey, you know, it's a starter car, you know, it's well, just a beginner car." If it's you a great want car. a better Dexter, if you want a better car, all you have to do is work for it. You got to work Ba-dum-ps. for it. So <laughs> Yeah, and in fact, today, Dexter has a job interview with the machine shop where we buy all or we have all our parts machined. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see if he gets the job. So, yeah, it was uh, it's a really cool thing. So, yeah, he gave him some money so he could put that sock that away to, you know, put towards a new car if he decides he wants to do it. And yeah, so that it was great. It was a great week to celebrate him and his life and. Um, he's really a he's a really good kid, so it's it's good to see him like you know the bit of time stuff. 
the bit of time that I had walking around with him at last year's Blade show, I mean, he is an awesome kid for sure. He's uh, very mature for his age, which is, I mean, coming from you, that's surprising, you know? (laughs) (laughs) See, what happens with us is that we age till about like 17, 18, and then we never get any older like we're all just our bodies continue to get older but inside in our heads we're just still though that age and we're always you know making jokes about stupid shit so nice but nice. Uh, so you, you had the you birthday too seriously you, you had, had the birthday. birthday you had hibachi little boy hibachi whatever that is I, <laughs> it, man it, what it, whatever floats your boat you can do it's a free country but I guess. is there anything else going on in the shop that is super exciting because i've been seeing a lot of reels coming out of your camp yeah, we've been, um, you know, we've been really focusing on uh, finishing up drop two of the Apollo. So if you ordered an Apollo and hasn't shipped yet, it should ship this week. Like we're we're finishing up drop two. And then we had like a little bit of a delay on the ribbon burner manufacturing because I wanted to change up how the molds were made. And we did that. And, and then the molds are great. They just work so well. So we're pouring like 20 to 40 a week now to just get caught up. And yeah, it's labor intensive, but I figure like we're going to get ahead of this now that we can do 20 at a time. Whereas before we were only doing like eight at a time. And I'm like, no, we need to do 20 at a time to, you know, keep up with demand. And um, so we're doing that. So we poured 20 uh, on Friday and we're going to pour 20 more today and another 20 on Friday. And then we should be completely caught up. Now, the reason why it takes so long is because you pour them and you know obviously it takes like me an entire day to make the all the bodies like the the you know the metal body part and then um i have somebody else uh, that works here now that she takes care of all like the rebuilding of the molds like you know cleaning the mold putting the straws back and putting the walls on and everything okay and then <clears throat> once the mold is uh once that's all together and ready we pour them and then they have to sit in the mold for three days, and then they have to sit outside of the mold for almost a week. And oh, that's wow. because it has to cure, completely cure the the refractory before you fire it. You don't want to fire these things and have the moisture still in the refractory because that'll just crack it. So mm-hmm. we, we uh, leave them out of the mold for seven days, and then we ship them, and we tell the customer, like, hey, you got to do a light burn on them, you know, do a couple of burns just to work out the rest of the moisture. But we had really good luck with that. We haven't had anybody had one crack or anything like that. So we're we're really stoked on the process. And then, the, like, today, all morning, I just was in infrastructure mode. I've The littlest thing will take you the longest time. Like, everything turns into a project. Mm-hmm. I needed to add a hose reel to the front of my workshop, like where the door is. And um, because we use a lot of air tools up the front, oh. and I normally have to drag everything. <laughs> I was oh, thinking yeah. like a water hose, like you're spraying down something. Now an air. We hose. have water hoses up there too, and we do have that. And but it, this and that was like built in. Like when we bought the building, it was like it was you know there. But this is like an air hose. And man, it was just like every little thing I was doing to hook up this air hose just went wrong. Like I got it all kind of put together and then I turned it all on and it leaked in a couple of places. You know, it's just like little things like that should take like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And it took like two, like almost three hours to do it. So, but it's so worth it because I've been digging into uh, a couple of very successful people who share their journeys on YouTube about like their process of building their companies. And one is Jay Pearson from Pearson's work holding. Mm-hmm. He's like a guy that makes like palleting systems for CNC machines. And it's like kind of a very niche business, right? You have to have a CNC to use his stuff and whatever else, but it's a very, very well done business. And he's very successful and he's into lean manufacturing, which is the same thing that we try to um, do, which is basically uh, very efficient, no waste. You know, there's a lot of these little like taglines and mantras that go along with lean manufacturing. And he said, no matter what you do, you will never regret stopping production to to fix a for fix a process, basically. Mm. And that like rank because we had been using these shitty 3D printed molds for the burners for a while, 
and I knew it was going to take a significant amount of time to machine new ones. And at least not the machining is quick. It's just the design work that takes a long time to figure it out. And I did that. It took like a week and a half and I sat down and I figured it out. And he was so right because now like moving forward, it's like you with the welding, like you learned how to weld and it's going to change your game. This process that I fixed well, you're learning how to weld. And it's <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't say what I do is welding quite yet. I you're can stick there. shit together, but yeah, yeah you're getting hold there. On it's the that. beginning. <laughs> you're, and you're figuring, you're taking time out of your day to figure that out. Your, your process, improving your process. And that's what we're doing here. So, you know, air hose in the front of the shop takes a few hours. You know, uh, doing the molds for the ribbon burners takes a lot of time, and we got that sorted out. So now we're really feeling like we're flowing and and doing things. But uh, mm. yeah, it's been a good, it's been a great week, Brian. But how, tell me about your week. What have you been up to over there? Well, I mean, I've just been working more and more on the shop. It's really starting like my organization has really started to feel like, oh my gosh, I know where things are and things are in the proper place. So like finally feeling comfortable and like knowing, okay, well, this obscure tool is here because I know where that is now, you know, I I don't know how to explain like being comfortable in your shop versus like it basically the way it was is, but up until about a week ago or so, um, my shop has felt like I've been like visiting someone else's shop, not knowing exactly where everything is and just not just feeling off kilter the entire time. Where now I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable in it. It's like, oh, I know where this part is, where that thing is, where wherever is, and it's it's really starting to feel like it's all mine again. You know, that's great. Yeah, and You'll, you know, our shop will go through that evolution. You know, even now I've been in this shop for almost two years, and we're still making like slight changes that make big differences. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that for sure. And every time you move something, all of a sudden your your brain has to remap it in in your inner mind as well. You know, it's just it's weird kind of how that works, right? Like you, it like is. have you ever found yourself like trying to go? It was funny because like we rearranged the warehouse and we moved the where they pull the paper down, uh, the butcher paper that goes in the boxes. We moved it from one side of the building to the other, and Brent on the daily still goes to that spot to go get paper and goes, fuck. And I cast turn around and walk the other way. You know what I mean? Cause you're just programmed that way. Well, it seems like you need to put paper in both spots. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah. That's well, now there's not, there's nowhere to put it. Cause we like move the whole shelving unit and everything. So there's just empty spot there. Now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, so I've just been working on more knives. I've been kind of working on orders that I've had for a long time. <laughs> a lot of these customers that, you know, I'm really happy that my customers are so laid back about the timing of things because, you know, I took these orders six, seven months ago before I even knew that I would have this house. And then, you know, it's coming up, you know, we're going to be ordering your materials, your batch is coming up. And then all of a sudden, Hey, we're moving. Uh, sorry. It's going to be a little bit before I have a functioning shop again. So now, now, you know, luckily all of them have been like, okay, it's fine, you know, extend it, get what you need to get done. And now I'm starting to send those people updates on their knives been progress. And it's just feels like a, you know, an overwhelming relief to be making progress on people that have been waiting for so long, which is, which feels really good for sure. Um, I also finished the chopper challenge knives. Those things are done and they're, they're all I have left is to test them. So the original plan is this past weekend, Kyle and I were finishing up the blades, getting them, getting them all finished, doing the filming, and then we're going to immediately test them. And I'm really glad that I didn't because now I have them for a week until because when we test them, we're going to destroy them. So, wow. you know, sure. it's actually feels like I can, you know, ooh and ah over them for a little bit. And then I'll, you know, this upcoming weekend destroy them. And, uh, you know, so that that felt that kind of worked out so that. You know, I get to have some time and, you know, manipulate these blades and really, really understand what they feel like and pros and cons and what I do better, what I, what I could have done worse, you know, all that type of a thing. I did see that reel that you put up <clears throat> of you chopping the, the rope, you know, yes. slicing through the rope. That was super impressive. Well, you know, I, I have I bought so much of this rope and it's the exact rope that the ABS test is supposed to be done on. And, um, so, you know, that's not a destructive test. I thought, screw it. I can, I can do this. Sure. Yeah. So I set it up. It's like a good, um, like a good primer for people too. Cause you're going to, when do the, when does the video drop? (sighs) 
the yeah. 22nd, I think. Hold on. Of yeah, April? I believe it's April 22nd. Yep. Okay. So just two weekends away. But um, yeah, so um, I basically I set up that test and I was like, you know, Kyle, just film it, film it in slow-mo. We'll, we'll do it once and we'll have fun with it and whatever. So he did it once and it just cut through like butter. Didn't even feel the rope. It felt so good. Oh, and of awesome. course, Kyle goes, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I have, well, I did one. I got to do the other one. So I grabbed the other <laughs> one, did it again. And it's like, shit, man, I got to try that. And so I gave him the knife and, you know, I filled him in slow-mo. And, and I think we've probably done, run that test about 20 times. And, you it's know, Emily test. came in and he, she did it. And, you know, it's just it's just one of those things like, okay, we're about to run out of rope. I don't want to reorder this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you need it for the actual video. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, really impressed with uh, the quality of those blades. They look fantastic. And here's to hoping that you uh, grade well in the video, you know, like the actual challenge itself. I'm actually good. Speaking of, I'm going to be Kyle and I are really going to redo how we do a, a knife video. Because normally, you know, we spend, let's say if it's a 15-minute video, we spent 12 of it building the knife in the last couple minutes testing the knife or showing off the knife. Where in this video, I'm really thinking that what, what the plan is, is if it's a 15-minute video, spend five minutes building the knife and then 10 minutes explaining the test and showing the test and going through it all. And really, like, diving into, okay, well, this worked on this one, but it didn't work on this one, and here's why. And uh, hopefully, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It, I, me personally, I feel like the testing is where like the fun part of the video is. So to get to people, get people to that slow-mo, sexy, you know, really cool chopping, you know, slice, slicing, hacking, bending, you know, that's, that's going to be the fun part of the video. So it'd be kind of cool to see how the, how the viewership reacts to that. Because what I've noticed on my normal videos is if it's a 15 minute video, they watch through the build part. They watch like the first little bit of the the testing and then they drop off. They bail. Yeah. So I'm yep. wondering, I'm wondering if that changes, if I make, if I make the testing a little bit more interesting and like, you know, really hype it up a little bit more. I don't know. There's, it's going to be, it's either going to be really successful or it's going to fall flat on its face. <laughs> I think I think the success of knife making videos, at least this is my this is a theory, of course, is that people like to watch the process, you know. Mm. So think of it in terms of the process of you testing these this blade or these blades and think about if I'm the viewer, you know, um, help them understand why, you know, why are they doing, why are you testing it this way? You know, the reason we do the bend test is this, the reason we do the slice test is that, you know, and, um, and maybe give that preface right ahead of the testing, or perhaps, you know, you create a second video of the details of the testing mm. and you mention, you know, okay, so here's the challenge video and, you know, and we're going to, and you do the testing on the challenge video, of course. And just go through it real quick. And then, but before you do all that, say, if you're interested in, you know, the details of this, I'm going to release another video that talks extensively about why we're doing this testing. Mm. And then maybe release that the next day or, you know, an, another week or something. I'm just thinking, like, it's going to be hard. Like you said, most people are watching the video to see the process of the build. I really went all in on this style of video because, you know, Dennis Tyrell is going to be making the most elaborate Damascus and the, the prettiest thing. And all of these other people I'm watching through the Slack channel, all those other people are doing these really intricate, cool designs. You know, the Damascus is beautiful. And I just went with a, a regular 1080, 1084 steel forged, very basic knives. But the whole idea is I'm going to be really focusing on the testing and how these knives perform, not, you know, how, how aesthetically pleasing they are. Mm, so nice. it's going to be, it's, it's a gamble for be sure. Interesting. It, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it all pans out. You, there's like with these challenges, there's so many variables that go yeah. into this work and it's, it's hard to predict them. You can't. And that's and what honest, makes it so interesting. The other reason why I wanted to do something totally different is, you know, a, you have to stick out in one way or the other. I'm never going to make a Damascus that's going to rival or a 
blade in general that's going to rival half of these people, like a Dennis Tyrell type person. So it's not like I'm going yeah. to try to beat them at that game. So I'm trying to beat them at a different game, stand out a different dif- a different way. And I also, like you know, my videographer, Kyle, is going to be moving away here in a couple months. So this Where's very he well- off to? Where's he going? Honestly, I don't think he even knows yet. It's either L.A. or New York or Chicago, somewhere where you can get higher-end video videography work. Huh, but this very well may be my last video, challenge video. Or if I do, I'm going to either have to hire someone else and kind of go through that process or start filming, you know, basically – you know, tripod and edit myself type of a deal, which I mean, I can do a decent job, but nowhere near as much as at the level as Kyle. So, yeah, man, he does a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it, though. I understand why he would want to go to to a bigger city, you know, to do that work. I mean, that's yeah, why sense. he's getting his master's right now in, in uh, business and he's got his video- videography degree and it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta leave the little town of Mount Pleasant and stretch your legs because he's definitely going places. And like yeah. selfishly, I want him to stay because God, I I love his work and I love working with him. But sure. you know, it's it's better for him to move on for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and you never know; he might end up going out for a little bit and coming back. I yeah. did. <laughs> I went to L.A. for a little bit and then I came back. I didn't like it. I didn't like uh, much about Cal- like Southern California anyway. I tried I it. Know. It just it wasn't for me. I was a Midwesterner, you know. I liked Illinois, the people, and you know that kind of thing. And, and that's why you're still in the Midwest. I, well, I'm in Florida because <laughs> no joke. Like everybody here is from Michigan or Illinois or Ohio. Like there's there's New Yorkers here too, but sure. Even New York felt more like home to me than Southern California. I just did not fit in in southern california and gotcha. hey I'm, i think if i would have lived there long enough i probably could have i just yeah it was just a thing so but yeah go, well that's good that's good for kyle man i'm glad he's he's moving on and doing his thing it sucks for you but you know maybe you'll connect with somebody else that'll help you in in different ways you know or maybe the youtube is something i leave behind because honestly you know i've i've been at it for a couple of years and like I've seen growth, but the only real big spikes of growth is this cha- these challenge videos. Yeah. And I don't really see myself like if I love don't get me wrong, I love doing these videos and when these videos vi- a video drops, I get really hyped about it and I'm really excited about it. But the return on investment for the time and the especially the money that I've been paying Kyle, I do not see hardly any returns for it. So on one hand, I love making the videos. On the other hand, I'm paying for them like in a big way. And I'm not yeah. really seeing a whole lot of orders from them. You know, there's a couple videos where I sold the knife that the the video made, like the sword or the collaboration with Dennis to get the uh, the ring. But other than like I don't know, I I'm not really seeing the return on investment. And like, I'm not seeing my name get out more because of these YouTube videos. So I'm really, I'm really sitting down and having to think about, you know, is it worth it? Is it not? Well, maybe it's time to just take another look at how you're approaching social media. You know, my approach now is very uh, vertical video uh, focused. Mm. I use my social media more like, uh, quick one minute pieces that, you know, it forces me to get very concise. And then YouTube is videos that are more instructional, long form, uh, you know, as you can tell, like by looking at any of my social media, I haven't done any artistic stuff in a long time. And it's because of the exact thing that you're talking about. And that's the return on investment is very low. And I'm so busy because of all the other projects that I've got going on that are very, um, in demand at the moment, I want to continue building my business. So I have to keep focusing on that, which is a big reason why I didn't do the chopper challenge this, this year, because I'm just like, Hey, I have to, you know, I have to make money. I need to keep flowing. I want to, I, there, I have other projects on the table that are taking priority and I have to be smart with that time. Sure. And like you said, the return is just, you know, for YouTube. Now that's just me. And that might be you. Um, I do. I will say, YouTube does continue to be the highest um, highest conversion rate of any social media platform. But what we don't know is 
Are they finding us on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and then eventually ending up on YouTube, which makes them pull the trigger to Mm. purchase? So it's so weird. It's like you really don't know where those sales are coming from. But our strategy, and if you look at like other uh, businesses, they're focusing very heavily on Instagram and uh, vertical video because it it reaches the same amount of customers, if not more, and it's much quicker and easier to produce than horizontal video like YouTube. Uh, so, you know, I encourage you to just like maybe take a inventory as to, you know, reverse engineer like what you want to do with your time and go, okay, look, my end goal is to sell knives. It does YouTube really sell me any knives? And if it doesn't, then... You know, or if it doesn't really get you bring new customers to you, that's the time you go. All right, focus on Instagram, focus on Facebook, whatever it might be, just quick videos, or focus on Reddit. You know, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Reddit too, even though people are assholes over there. But you know, <laughs> see, here's here's the other thing: is these short form videos, especially on you know TikTok Reels, Shorts on YouTube. You know, those are so quick and easy to produce and like set up film it, edit it, put some music behind it and put it out. Like god, you can you can see like oh this would make a really cool short form video. And then from that moment, film it, edit it, put it up within like 5 minutes, 10 minutes max if you're yep. really fussy about it. Where YouTube videos, I mean, I will have to shut down my shop especially if I'm doing a big thing like that all by myself. I mean, it could be weeks. I I mean, a week to do a larger project or at least a day to do even the small videos. Oh, yeah. So the return on investment, I mean, the the amount of time is kind of tipping that scale in the wrong direction in my mind. And unless you really love doing it, it's, yeah, it's a grind. And, and, it, and the project, a lot, in my opinion, a lot of times my projects suffer because it takes me so damn long to produce the stuff. And I have right. such a high you know, a bar, I set the bar really high on that. And it's like, uh, yeah. And, and one of the things I wanted to discuss that we talked about yesterday, uh, yesterday in the last show was the verification program that Instagram was putting through. <laughs> I was because, just going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I had mentioned that when we looked at Brian Hooten stuff and he had been verified during the show, I submitted my verification to Instagram. And by mm-hmm. the end of the show, I was verified. So that's how I got the blue check is that I went through the process of meta verification. I paid the $15 a month to have that done. And I got a bunch of people who were like, hey, man, cool. You got the blue check mark. Oh, you're so fancy. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really that fancy. One of my biggest concerns about this is that, you know, if everyone is special, no one is special kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because if you could just pay $15 a month and get that blue check, like I think about like guys like Neil Kamamura who got like verified early, early on. And, you know, he he has this, you know, blue check mark that at the time was very um, was very, you know, prestigious. Yeah, and valuable, and now like schmucks like me can just go pay. And get one. <laughs> and um, here's the level of schmuckery. I did it last night, last night, and I got the blue check. Hey, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> I did see that text that came through. Yeah, you did get the check, and so, yeah. but so let me explain to you all, the listener, and you, Brian. And you, I don't think you already know why I'd want it, but so uh, the blue check mark not only. F- because I do believe the prestige of the blue check mark is very going to be diluted very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, most people will realize the value of it and, you know, whatever. And it doesn't mean the same thing it used to mean anymore. But here's what it does do. I have noticed, and Jason Knight is a classic example of this, he got his account taken down. Um, it was probably about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. His account was just, like, deleted from Instagram. And he had 130,000 followers on there. He was not verified. uh, And he had to fight to get it back. He did get it back. It took about a month. He did get his account uh, restored. Um, And it happened to a fellow grinder company, uh, Ameribraid. Same thing. They had an issue where it just like one day Instagram just said, "Um, we don't like what you're doing anymore and took away their their account. Mm. Uh, And I will say that the blue check mark gives me kind of that warm fuzzy feeling and this could be totally false but at least i would have 
some recourse. I would have customer service. I could go to them and say like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. It also ensures against identity theft on Instagram. So if somebody yeah. tries to make an account that looks just like you and, you know, impersonate you, that blue check mark gives you the, you know, the ability to file an injunction against that person and get that account taken down. To me, for $15, that is well worth it. We do not spend, we spend maybe, maybe a hundred dollars a month in paid advertising. And that is mm. just because we pay to have our listings for our stuff listed on Google. So Google has that Google shopping. I don't know if you've seen that. I'm sure you have where, yeah. you know, when you look on Google for something and there's that shopping tab at the top in order to be there, or at least be in the forefront of that, you have to pay to be there. So I pay for that. And it's about a hundred bucks a month. Everything else is organic social media. We do not do any other paid uh, advertising or marketing at all. And so for $15 to pay to ensure that my Instagram account stays hot, well, you can bet that that's a good investment. So if you use Instagram as a sales tool, uh, you should also consider this. I was talking to Jeremy Ballabal pretty extensively last night, and we both kind of talked ourselves into paying for it. Um, so I guess number one, if there is a little bit of maybe you'll get a boost, like maybe maybe because you're verified you'll get in front of more people. Shit, you sell one knife and all of a sudden you're in the you're in the green for the rest of the year. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's a very low bar of entry like if if the check mark gets you one knife sale, you're set. It's all worth it. Yep. And then everything past that is gravy. Also and also oh go ahead. Sorry. Also, is it is it possible that you could maybe write this off as an advertisement type thing? Hands down it's a write off. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh yes. Well, shit, right. guys. What what's the what's the deal here? And think about it this way too: when you're scrolling through comments underneath a post, and you see somebody with a blue check mark, verified blue check mark, you're more yeah. likely to stop and read that person's comment, and you're more likely to click on their profile, and you're more likely to follow them because yeah. they stand out. So I think it's important if you you know want to do it. Here's how I did it. From your mobile device, this is how you have to do it. From your mobile device, you have to go on to Google and search Meta Verified. If you type that into a Google search, it will take you to the Meta Verified page where you sign into Instagram and then it forwards you. It like automatically opens Instagram and walks you through the process. If you do it from a computer, it will fail. You I cannot can, do it from a computer. I you can tell you on your phone. I can tell you an even easier way to get to it. Okay. Um, so the way that I did it last night is I went to Instagram, I went to my own profile, and I hit those three dash marks in the top right corner, and that opens up the little like settings tab. You hit settings, and you scroll down towards the bottom, and there'll be a little thing that says request verification. Ah, and okay. you hit See, the request I didn't have verification, that. and then it'll give you the... And when I first saw it, it'll have a little blue, little blue box that says new. Hit that uh, request verification, and it'll basically put you through and say it's fourteen ninety nine a month. You gotta give your information. You gotta take a picture of the front and back of your driver's license, and uh, you know, hey, maybe that's gonna be a deterrent to some people. You know, giving the big amorphous Instagram slash that's the whole else. point of verification. If I, you're know, I know, I know, I know, but. It. I'm just you know, thinking. I know people like that, by the way. They're like, I ain't going to do that on the internet. I don't want my picture up there. I don't want my real name up there. Well, then you're not going to get verified because yeah. the literally the word verification means they're trying to figure out who the fuck you are. And uh, uh, who was it? Uh, ben got denied because his name on his driver's license says Benjamin and he and his Instagram account, it says Ben. But when and I so went through, it was really it gave- important. When I went through, it gave you an option to change your name and change your uh, yes. profile picture. And so, I assume he did not do that because yeah. uh, I also have my name under Brian House, and I immediately went to Instagram and changed it to Brian House Wirt, which is my legal name. And then, yeah, it took literally 10 minutes. Before the after show was done, I was verified. I had blue check mark. The smart thing that you did, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, is so when you do this, you're not allowed to change your profile picture. So the profile yes. picture you put up, you're stuck with. And the profile oh, I didn't picture, know that. 
the profile picture that you put up has to have your face in it. So one of the funny things is after after the end of last show was I went and talked to Matt Gentry because we talked about Matt Gentry getting the verification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I he was one of the him. first ones that got it. Right. I called him and basically what he found, what what turned out is he thought he was just uploading a picture of his face so that they can see that oh yeah this is this is you, <laughs> and no so his, his profile picture is this. Oh, I have to go look at it. Now I'm not saying it's goofy, but it's definitely not the <laughs> ideal. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> the poor poor right, Matt. Let me look. But uh, so his profile picture, which is what he stuck with. Oh my is, God, that's what he stuck with. <laughs> Yeah. He looks so, like he just smoked a J and he's like, <laughs> all right, Instagram, here's my face. So when you I'm do joking, this. I'm joking, by the way. Matt Gentry does not smoke yes. weed. Right, right, right. Or if he does, he does it. Yeah. You know, teach the whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if he does. Hey, man. We're, he, we're however, not... he does smoke meth. I have seen him smoke meth. <laughs> Obviously, put I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he put out this picture. It looks like he's maybe he was on meth or something. Oh, know. my God, Matt. That's the worst, bro. I'm so sorry. Not but, that your so, face is ugly. It's just that that picture is not the best photo. No, it's you, you, yeah, so like that's really funny. After talking to him, I changed my profile to like a really the best headshot that I have while making knives. Yeah. And but the thing that you have, which is really smart, is you have that picture where it's you crossing your arms kind of small, and it's mostly your logo in the background. You're right. That was and an accident. It was an accident, but it's intelligent. Like, it's it's so opportune because, you know, think about when you're going through, if you see someone's, especially on Instagram, you're scrolling through these comments, and if you just see faces after faces, you don't know who the hell these people are, but... Yeah. If you see a logo, like, oh, that's Hooten Knives. I, I know that logo. Or, oh, that's Ben's Bites. I know that logo. Yeah. So you still I, have your logo, but you have your face in it as well, which lets you get verified. Yeah. And that photo was taken in my old shop, like, right before we moved. Because the wall was, you know, we moved everything out. And that big black wall was behind me. And Sarah took that photo. And then we, and then she superimposed the logo on it. So, Heed our words. If you go and get verified, make sure you like your profile photo and that it meets all the requirements of Instagram. Let Matt be. Because if you get denied, you have to wait like 30 days to do it again, right? I mean, isn't that the the thing? Is like It's a 30-day wait? I'm pretty sure. I could have read it wrong, but I think the profile picture you put up is what you're stuck with. Well, but but if you get let's say you you go through the process of you attempt to get verified and they deny it, you have to wait right like thirty days oh, to resubmit. Right. Yeah. So if you take if you even if you just switch your profile picture, that'll that'll automatically pull your your blue check mark off, and you have to wait thirty days to do it again. Yes, that's I believe oh, correct. Wow. Okay. Yep. That's so wild. Well, good. That's good. It is. It is wild. It is wild. So, uh, all right, real quick, I want to switch gears into WFI projects, and I had it pulled up, and it is impressive. We have 11,393 different projects under the hashtag WFI projects, and if you're not familiar with that, go on Instagram and just search WFI, that's Whiskey Foxtrot India Projects. And you can find uh, all of these fantastic people who I would like to consider my friends and some of Absolutely. my family. These are good people that are making things with their hands and their makers and they're working at either starting a business or they are in business for themselves. And they're using WFI projects as a hashtag because they know how valuable it is to get shouted out right here on the Work For It podcast by us. And I'd like to start by shouting out Matt Bicker over at DIY underscore Europe. Matt is the guy who we gave, well, let's see, how do I put this? He builds the revolution kits in Europe for us. So if you're looking for a grinder kit, a revolution kit, he also has two by 72 wheels, um, you know, all these things. He's pushing to become uh, sort of like the European version of me. And he's working on that. And we teamed up. So he sells revolutions there. He's also making glass platins now, which is awesome. And uh, he's he's really pushing forward. So if you see this like like stack of stuff that looks like, you know, I don't even know what it looks like. It just looks like metal with glue in it. Um, that's glass platin 
that he's kind of come up with um, and he's going to make that like easily mountable to a revolution grinder. He's also the guy that makes all of our, um, our curved platens, you know, the the curved platens, the radius platens that we uh, sell on our website. So we have those made in Holland and they use uh, really good quality, high carbon steel there. They assemble them, you know, make them, assemble them, and weld them together, and then ship them all the way over here. So if you buy a radius platen from us, it was made by Matt. Um, so uh, good guy to work with, solid dude. Uh, he is n- very soon will be converting the Apollo Forge project over to metric as well. Wow. So, yeah, that's an, a big project for him, but yeah. He's going to be selling the Apollos in Europe, and it's going to be pretty freaking great. So, Those radio radius platens are awesome. I have one. Um, I've only used it a couple different times, but I love the really subtle hollow grind that you can achieve with that. Like yes. it's it's it looks so much like a flat grind, but it, it slices like a razor. It's it's really amazing. It's definitely an upgrade worth getting for sure. Yeah, it is. And the way that Matt redesigned it. A lot of guys make them one full piece of steel, you know, and the belt rides over the wheel down onto the radius platen and then back over the bottom wheel of the platen. And what we discovered was they were getting really warm because that steel was acting like a heat sink. Mm. So they hollowed out that face. So there's like it's basically a radius platen, but underneath it is all hollowed out and there's no room for for um uh there's no room for the heat to build up on the well, on the and the actual radius button you saw that it was functioning like a heat sink so you hollowed it out like a heat sink that makes sense it makes sense yeah it, it was matt's idea he he's the one that came up with that and it's it works fantastic they do get they still do get warm i will say yeah, that of course. But they don't get as hot as the solid ones do yeah, but so does everything that you use on a belt grinder. Like that's that's kind of that's par for the course. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. All for right, sure. I've got Tortuga Bladeworks. Um, Brian Hindenkamp, great guy. Really enjoyed the interview that I did with him. Um, he has this new patina. Have you seen this? The shipwreck patina. No, dude, you have uh, to check it look. out. Um, I know he put hashtag WFI projects, but it wasn't showing up. Um, Let me look. There's a lot of people. We're having the same issue that we had a while ago where it's only a select few is getting onto the hashtag WFI projects list. So we we are having that issue. I'm sorry if we're not picking out your things. We simply just don't see it. He also has the blue check mark. He does. He does. He does. Oh, I did see this patina. Oh, it's kick ass. Oh, my God. It looks so cool. And I've tried to (laughs) – I mean, I feel like I'm doing this a lot, but I was talking to him. And I was trying to like, hey, you know, what's in this thing? Because it's so cool. And he's very tight lipped about it. Because so he's um, as he should be. Yeah. It'll be replicated by everybody. Oh, hey, Brian, I just I just called it like, you know, to shoot the shit. Oh, hey, let's talk about <laughs> your process for the shipwreck patina. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like two days later, all your knives have it. Well, come on. I would, I would change something. Come on now. You know, I'm not that It, much it looks asshole. like there's like copper in it or exactly. something. I don't know, man. It looks so cool, man. Killer co- work, Brian. I think that with the copper carbon fiber would be such a cool combination. Oh. Maybe I need to send him some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, it. Brian Hiddenkamp. Great guy. Really high-end knife maker and, uh, I mean, really, really sweet, sweet dude. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good dude. He is a really good dude. Um, I want to shout out, uh, Bay Bay. I'm assuming this is, it's B E B. Sorry. B E B engraving. He started to hashtag WFI projects and he's got like a wallet engraving business where he's, he's got like a laser, probably a a fiber laser, like what we have and he's making a go of it. So look at B E B engraving. It's all one word. He has no joke. 11 followers. Whoa. And, 11 and he's doing some really cool stuff. So I, I'm in, it's gotta be somebody in our sphere because like he's connected to um, Keith over at Blackthorn concepts from working hands podcast. Mm. And like, so there's a, there's definitely, I don't know who it is that's doing this, but um, they're in Massachusetts. Let me see here. Yeah. There's no name connected to it, but yeah, go check them out. That's a very cool way. And I, this is something that like we're makers, right? 
but you know, you buy a laser engraver. These things cost like five grand, six grand. And they'll laser engrave anything, you know, like leather, plastic, whatever, and aluminum, steel. And, you know, if you're looking for extra money, a way to make extra money, like, you know, I'm assuming this person is, it's like a very quick and easy way to, you know, do that is to laser etch logos and do all that stuff and bring in some cash, you know, fuel your fuel your maker workshop with some yeah. side work. You, sure, it's like sure. a side hustle for your side hustle is what I'm trying to say. There it is. There it is. All right. I've got Troxclair underscore custom underscore cutlery who is at 699 followers. So bump that up to 700. Come on, guys. Let's get him up past that. Brian Troxclair. Yeah, he's a great guy for sure. Um, So he's got this AEBL stainless ironwood handle, segmented handle. It's got some green in there. But it's this K-tip chef knife that looks in – I mean, it looks like it's really well done. I I love the fact that his heel is – a little bit fatter so that your hand is up and out of the way so your knuckles will never hit the the cutting board it's it's a really good design and of course i'm a little partial to it because i also make this this style of knife but yeah it's just really well done i'm i'm impressed yeah it is it's really well done yeah beautiful work beautiful work all right i'm gonna pick i'm gonna i gotta shout out uh, uh kao janette Racine, she's a patron of ours. If you're not familiar with her work, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not able to click on anything. This is very weird. Uh-oh. I had WFI Projects up, and it was just like, screw you. I can't click on anything. I don't know if my... You can what hear are... me, right, Brian? Yeah, I can hear you. I wonder if there's something wrong with uh, Instagram there. Oh, it's working. Okay, I got it. So okay, cool. uh, she's in Alberta, Canada. It's... Kawo, C-A-W-O, and then Joan, and then Net, Joan Net, and she's awesome. She does wood uh, carvings, like handles and spoons and all kinds of kitchen gadgets and stuff, and it's all handmade, and she's doing amazing work. She has 7,593 followers at the time of this recording. Go check her out and check out her work. She's got a beautiful smile. And I'm going to write disgust on the podcast underneath this. I need to start remembering to do that. I'll go back and, and do that on the ones. You know what it does? I think it, it, it helps people because if we shout them out, um, they know to listen to the show. You know, not everybody listens to every episode, and I get that. So, <gasps> How uh, dare they? I know, Brian. Oh, know. wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I've got Hayworth underscore handmade. He's got this raffle going on. It's a little neck knife. Um, yes. And it kind of has like it almost looks like Superman ice cream. If you remember Superman ice cream? I'm pretty sure that's a Midwest I, thing. I do. I absolutely know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, he's got this. Uh, I think it's some sort of a G Carta. The wait, yes, it is. I called it. It's G Carta. It's got the um, handle and the bead that matches on the lanyard. And it's a super affordable raffle, by the way. Oh, it's five dollars a spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's five dollars. So. Go as of, fill those spots. As of 16 hours ago, he was down to six spots left. So grab one of those final spots and fill this thing up for him. Hayworth underscore handmade. Podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a super – and it's 10.95. And just a piece of G-Carta that's on that handle was probably like 15 bucks, 20 oh, bucks yeah. at least. So, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. And you can you uh, can scoop your Superman ice cream with that knife and you know, if you want to eat off of it, hey man, it's all fits. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right, Brian, <laughs> let's uh th- thanks for going through WFI projects. If you want your project shouted out on the on the Work For It podcast, all you have to do is post it to Instagram and hashtag WFI projects. And we will discuss possibly on the podcast. Uh we have one new patron this week. Nice. And it's my man, my old buddy from the building I was in before, my old workshop, Kenny Zakirsch. So we appreciate you, Kenny, for joining up. And uh, he is—he uh, signed up for the one-year package, and he is uh, our latest patron. And I wanted to discuss real quickly, we do have a question for uh, somebody did submit a question, and I'll read that here in a minute. Well, wow. um, it was it was for uh, it was from Manny G over at Parable Knives, nice. um, Parable Knives. And um, 
one of the things I wanted to do is, you know, that I'm working on starting a production knife line is right. the goal right. for the CNC machine being in our shop. It's, it's not for making other parts. It's for actually getting back to the work that I started when I first got into this whole thing was making knives. And I wanted to make a production knife line and I'm, you know, Every day I'm watching videos and, you know, searching Instagram and looking at people who are doing the same kind of work to try to get inspiration to also try and figure out how to actually do it. <laughs> so there's like a lot of like, you know, fixturing and, you know, how do you what kind of tooling do you use and all of that. Um, so I wanted to open up something to our patrons and I want to do a collaboration project where I draw up some ideas for this knife line mm. and then the patrons get a chance including you and ben get a chance to weigh in on the design and and basically we design it together you know I, i'll do the initial sort of uh layout and what it looks like and all of that and then i will be posting those images and videos on the patron page and they can go there and tell me what they like and what they don't like. It's like, we'll kind of crowdsource this thing. And uh, obviously, I can't make a knife for everybody in there, but we could do, like, say, a giveaway. Once the knives start uh, becoming a regular pr product, we'd be able to do, like, a giveaway every month where somebody in our patron list gets a free knife uh, that, mm. you know, that we're making. Um, and they'll be made on the CNC. You know, they're not all handmade. They'll be, they'll be made here in my shop. And they'll be, um, you know, most of the way made on the CNC, but they'll be hand finished. They'll be, um, you know, etched by us. We're using Gator Piss uh, to do our etching. Um, by the way, Brent has come up with an amazing stone washing um, uh, method for for uh, his his knives, and he's using Gator Piss to etch stainless, and it is fucking gorgeous yep. he is doing an amazing job i know you've seen some of his oh, yeah. stuff privately he's sharing with you yeah and so um and gator piss is made by baker forge so if you're looking for an awesome etchant you can go to bakerforge.com and look up gator piss because at first we were like oh you know we we're so used to ferric you know we had been using a lot of ferric uh, chloride to do our etchant and then we started really experimenting with the gator piss and boy it's it is superior um, than ferret chloride oh, yeah. by far, oh, by yeah. far. Uh, so anyways, it, you know, right on down to the finishes, the patrons will get a chance to weigh in on this. And I think it would be a super cool way for all of us. You know, the patron thing is great, but most of the time it's just you guys financially supporting us. You know, there isn't like a whole lot of back and forth on there and we need to do more of that. And I thought, what better way because I don't want to share like my entire process with the world publicly. Mm. You know, I, I want to share some of it, of course. But these first few knives that we're making in our shop, it's going to be kind of a mess. You know, I'm, I'm still learning. And, you know, I'm like, well, it would be an awesome way to get, um, you know, the patrons involved. And, and so if you're a patron, you'll have access to that. And I'm going to start sketching some stuff up uh, real soon here and start posting it to Patreon. So if you want to do that, you can join up for as little as uh, $10.80 a year, and you can weigh in on our knife designs and possibly win one every speaking, month. Speaking of, um, Ben and I – well, mostly Ben, but a little bit of I have some really big announcements coming out with the collaboration, that folding knife. You're talking um, about Ben's Bites. Ben's Bites. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I, I should have said yeah. that. Ben's Bites. We have, a, we have a couple of Ben's in our sphere. Yes, here. we do. Yes, we do. I should have I prefaced that. So, yeah, Ben's Bites has designed this new um, inner liner to do the axis lock, and it is totally unique. He's actually patented it, and it's officially patent pending. So I, I heard about this yesterday, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's very exciting, and uh, we're going to be able to basically with his with his design, he can make a knife as thin as you possibly want and still have that action, that spring loaded action. So it is very novel, very interesting, and I'm very excited to see how this would go, especially if we kind of integrated it. I mean, I know Ben; it's all Ben's thing, so it all goes through him. But maybe this might be something to team up with you on. Yeah, I don't well, know. We there were there have been slight discussions on that just yeah. him asking me questions and stuff we we definitely want to do that in the future we've got a couple of makers that have reached out to us already just listening to the podcast and asked us if we'd be interested in you know making a production version of some of their popular knives 
and we really are. <clears throat> the the thing is, is that we have a lot to learn to get to that point first. So if we make a very simple knife and we learn like, you know, the process of the fixturing and the tooling oh. and how long it takes on these simple knives, then we can go back and start exploring what it would look like to expand into offering knives from other makers and other concepts, you know, people that want their stuff made in the United States. And whether or not it would be me doing the work, I don't know. I don't. I only have the one machine, but I have access to a machine shop that has like twenty of these machines, and they would be able to, you know, pick up the slack. So if we decide that we wanted to do a huge run of something, you know, a thousand knives or something, um, I could employ them to 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 take over and do that work. I just want to learn how to do it in here so that I know what's possible. I see sense. what it is. You're sending Dex over there, Dex to, uh, you know, be your inside man, your mole on the inside to, you know, weasel your way in. Here's here's what I here's what I thought of when Dexter decided he wanted to get a different job, and we I suggested the CNC thing. There is a little bit of that because I would like him to learn, and and Billy, the guy that owns the shop, he knows. Like I told him, like, hey, I I want Dexter to learn this stuff because. Um, you know, I have a machine and I'd like him to run mine at some point or whatever. And then, and the thing is with between Billy and I, he's like my age. And if you ever saw a picture of him, you're like, holy shit, like we belong together. Uh, there's a lot of things if Billy and I were to collaborate on, we could be very successful at. So we've, we've kind of already got that level of trust. I spend a lot of money with Billy. He knows, you know, he did, he's not concerned. Like, in fact, when I got the CNC machine installed and I got it up and running, he was like one of the first people to come by and look at it and then like basically give me a training on it. You know, he was, he is so into all the shit we're doing. He, he, he's a good friend and I, I would definitely, so I definitely want Dexter to learn and see what a machine shop is capable of. But at the same time, there's no way I don't want to run a big business like that. I don't want to have like a hundred machines and all that shit. But I do think my gifts are in the business end of things, the marketing end of things, and also the project management, you know. So if we can figure this out, I mean, how cool would it be like one of your makers or like somebody that you like that has only been making knives in their garage and then one day we just do a drop of like 250 of those blades that are production made, but they're they're that person's knife. I mean – it would sell, I think. I think people would go, holy shit, that's awesome. You know, of course, yeah. that person could never make 250 knives right. in, in a month, but we could do it with this technology. So that's what we're offering, you know, that's what we're hoping to offer. And then we're also hoping to offer, you know, our own line, our own line of tooling, uh, knife tooling and that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of like I'm just getting rolled out and I really want the patrons to get involved because – the guys who are supporting us on Patreon are a lot of the guys that we talk to on the regular anyway. And they're right. all good dudes and they all have really good taste and, you know, people have great ideas. So what a better way to do it that way, you know, and uh, bring the patrons into the fold so they can see what's going on. So nice. Nice. Speaking, Speaking of, patrons, of that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. We, it's, it's a new month. We need to pull another pound of uh, black pearl to give out to our okay. patrons. So okay. let's go ahead and do that in the after show, eh? And also, it's the top of the it's the top of the hour. I feel like we need a dad joke. We do need a dad joke. I've got a dad joke. Let me just pull that up. Many, but many dad jokes. There the, it is. The submissions are just coming in like crazy. We need. Um, here's the thing, guys. We need questions like we need dad jokes. Send us, send us more. Come on. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, did you know that my neighbor is a veterinarian, but he specializes in veterinary chiropractic work? Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. He's called an animal cracker. <laughs> Nate Wapole. Nate Wapole. Animal cracker. That's it. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So let's get to the question of the week. And this is a very apropos question because it is tax time. Bobby over at Reaper Metalworks wants to know what it looks like around tax time for our businesses. Now, this might sound like a boring uh, concept to you, um, but it is not. It is very important, and I have a, a lot of things to talk about with this. He says, how do you prepare throughout the year for your filing? 
how do you do uh, your tips for write-offs and loopholes? So uh, I have a uh, great answer to this. I have done this for almost 20 years. I have tons of good advice in that. And if you want to listen to the answer to this question, you have to be a patron. So go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, you will get the answer. The answer you've been waiting for. How do I file my taxes? What are some loopholes? And I guarantee you the things that I'm going to talk about in the after show are more than going to pay for the annual subscription oh, yeah. to our patronage. Hands down, it's the best. So, we know you're out there working for it, working hard, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for inviting us into your workshops so that you can listen to us blather on about business in the workshop. We love you. We appreciate you. Keep making stuff. Keep being awesome. And we'll see you in the after show. Let's get it. I'm going to do the Ben. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Bye.